Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, your host. You are joining us at the Visual Workplace. This is where once a week we talk about letting the workplace speak. In each of our shows, we look at that. We look at some aspect of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system, which is the same as our intelligence, our operational intelligence, into the physical landscape of work through visual devices, through visual solutions, through visual mini-systems and systems. That's what this show is about. It's about embedding language and meaning into a floor that would be dumb if we didn't do so, a table that would be dumb, a cabinet that would be mute, parts that would just sit there waiting for someone to notice them, to do something with them, right? We're making, we're vivifying the, the workplace, we're animating it, we're animating it with our intelligence and with our visual thinking. The enemy is motion moving without working. When we're in motion, we know there's an information deficit. We go after that missing information, that missing answer. We put it in place instead through a visual device, and suddenly the workplace speaks. It's very, very cool. I've been doing this work for about 30 years, and to say that I love it is to say that I love to breathe or that I love to dance. I mean, they're kind of like the same thing. I love to dance, ballroom dancing. And I love to play chess, and I love the visual workplace, and I love to breathe. All of those things are the same to me. (laughs) So I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your, I am sure, very busy day to join me here and to join the others who are joining us to look at this, to look at this paradigm, and to begin to understand it and embrace it and to figure out if we want it or not, and I hope that you do. And to bring it into our workplaces, whether or not that's a bank or hospital, an open pit mind, or a factory, an automotive factory, which has really done such a great job already, that whole industry, in bringing visuality to the workplace. So, today we are going to begin our discussion of sustainment, what it is, how to get it. And we'll need several shows to cover the topic. This is a very, very rich topic by any measure. So we're going to get into that. Our show is called Sustainment, Hearts and Tools. 
Tools and Heart, that is it, Tools and Heart Part 1. But let me just go go through a, a few announcements and get that out of the way. Here we are, and there is one public seminar left before the summer, one visual workplace visual thinking seminar. It's going to be in San Antonio, Texas on June 12th and 13th. It's sponsored by AME, a great networking organization. And the visual side assessment after the seminar on the first day is Global 2, a company that is owned and run by Doug Carlberg, a very good friend and a very, very smart business person. If you want more detail, please visit ame.org, their website, or you can visit our website. I believe the details have been posted. We will resume a public seminar circuit in September. You can check our calendar at our website, visualworkplace.com. I know right now that I'll be in Australia in November. That schedule is sorting itself out. I think I'll be doing three or four or five public seminars and some keynotes and things like that. And then, you know, I come home, it's Christmas. So <laughs> there's the year. Um, as I told you that in our last show, I, in one of our last shows, I really love sharing uh, what I've learned uh, to just a bunch of companies. Whether or not they're going to implement is up to them, but I want it to, um, I want to kind of represent the fun of it, of course, and the, um, the expert thinking that comes out of implementing workplace visuality very effectively and very deeply. And I want to say one more thing. I am going to start a series of on-air coaching sessions very soon, shows that will give you an inside look at the nitty-gritty of how do you implement, getting stuck, troubleshooting, dealing with the truth, the hard, hard work of implementing and getting the grab, what many people call sustainment. So please look for this. I'll be inviting people, some of them to begin with, people I know, And we're going to talk about their implementation. They're going to ask me questions. I will not have, uh, I will not know these questions ahead of time. They're going to say, Gwendolyn, this is what's happening. What do I do about it? And I've waited to this point because I wanted there to be enough, um, knowledge and sharing before this time, knowledge and sharing with you before bringing in, okay, how do I apply it? And how do we use these principles and practices to get ourselves unstuck or even to diagnose what the heck is wrong? So these should be very interesting sessions. Some of them will be pre-recorded just because of my schedule. But a number of them I'm hoping will be open and open to your questions, your on-air questions. And I want to say this as well. If you want a, uh, may I say, a free coaching session, please get in touch with us. There's only a few little gates and hoops and loops to jump through, not much at all. I just need to figure out what stage you're in so that um, I know how to place the discussion of the coaching session in our advanced publicity. And then we'll say yes and we'll just jump on and see what happens. If you aren't active, I will be active. I will be asking you, what are you doing? How did you make this decision? What happened as a result? So we'll have, maybe we'll do these once every four or five weeks, just so you can see what it's like when the thing is alive, alive and trying to find a greater life and trying to move into a long life, which we call sustained, a sustained implementation. 
So I think it would be very interesting. I hope that you're in touch. There's no cost at all involved, and I think there's a great deal of benefit, benefit for me, for you, and for the people listening. Okay, thanks. So today we are going to talk about sustainment, the tools and heart. Okay? To begin with, there's a splendid quote that I want to share with you a quote that I often use when talking to companies about cultural transformation, which is part and parcel of the capacity to sustain. So here's the quote, or at least the start of it. Here's a quote. Discipline is remembering what you... And I'm going to stop there for the moment and ask you, how would you end that sentence? How would you finish that quote to your satisfaction? Discipline is remembering what you, well, here's a hint. It's a four-letter word. No, not that word. <laughs> but what could it be? Four-letter word. Discipline is remembering what you know. Discipline is remembering what you have. Well, the word does end, the word that I'm looking for, does end in E, and it also has an O in it. That kind of eliminates a lot of words. What could it be? Discipline is remembering what you what. Ah, here it is. Discipline is remembering what you love. Discipline is remembering what you love. But you know what? Oprah didn't say it. Marianne Williamson didn't say it. Man- Nelson Mandela didn't say it. You'll be surprised about whose quote this is. You know whose quote it is? It's from the man of the 21st century voted by Time magazine and on the cover at the end of the millennium. It's Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein said that. He took a word that was so closely defined that the meaning is pretty much obvious to us all. Following through, keeping in line, keeping your word doing it day after day like a good soldier, constant, constant presence, constant vigilance, sustainment, sustaining. Albert Einstein said that. Discipline is remembering what you love. And when you think about that, when I think about it, I realize that this is what we're trying to create in the workplace. And you know what? It's a natural response for us. We do not need to be goaded or pushed into doing that which already makes sense to us and gives us joy. We do it with appetite and we do it with vigor and we do it without reminder. We do it because we love it. Rollerblading, rock climbing, gardening, bowling, fixing the car, cooking a great meal, watching television. (laughs) These things, you know, we love them. We do them. No one needs to remind us. No one needs to remind me to watch Dancing with the Stars on Monday night. You know, I'm there like a good little soldier. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to attempt over these next few shows to draw the connection between that very high form of discipline, the one that comes because we simply want it, and how to make that happen in your company, how to create sustainment, how to create a cultural alignment that will sustain the company and take it to 
new levels, how to build that baseline of competency and willingness, alignment with the corporate intent, and utilize that as a business benefit because it is to build upon to get to the next level and the next level and the next level. That's what we're going to be talking about beginning today, and I've got a lot of tools. That's what I've been doing for the last 30 years, collecting tools, and then I found the strategy. So I'm going to just, uh, actually, we're sliding into a break now, and I'll pick up the discussion. I'll give you a list of those tools, and then we'll hit two or three of them today, and you'll begin to see, I hope, the formulation of this great thought that all of these tools present. The tools are very sturdy. They're very concrete, they're very specific, and they have a purpose that is higher than the tool. The tool is simply the lever to get us to a higher understanding and a higher performance and a higher life. So I'll be talking to you in a minute. I'm really glad you came. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Do you own your own business? Are you having some struggles from time to time? As a business owner, you appreciate the joy and excitement that comes with the start of your own business. But over time, this joy can become a major headache. Overhead costs, compliance and legal issues, hiring, training, and sometimes firing employees, and a whole set of new tax rules for you. Take time out for small business. We'll help you restore the joy of owning your own small business and help you take back some of the sanity. Join host Joan Shoemaker and her guests Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Gwendolyn at the Visual Workplace, Gwendolyn Galsworth. And today we are talking about sustainment, tools, and heart. 
part one. This will be a series, and we will be going through a host of, an array of very concrete tools. Some of them will sound very familiar to you, will be familiar. You may be using them now, and perhaps I can tweak them a little bit or tweak the perspective and add value to uh, or confirm what you're already doing, or some of them may be new. So we're going to take as our implementation focal point 5S because there's a lot of gritty things in 5S and a lot of misunderstandings. And one of the things that we hear about again and again is that a company will do 5S and then it will not be able to sustain the outcomes. What it wants to sustain usually is something that it's never gotten, which is deep employee engagement. There are few companies that can do this through 5S. And if you've listened to my earlier shows, it's because I believe the translation is bad and also the um, outcome is misunderstood. So we're going to use 5S. Companies want a level of engagement, but they also can't sustain it if I may use that word, because there isn't enough of it to sustain. Instead, we find that many companies use an audit as a sustaining tool. And as you'll find out, perhaps not in this in this show, but in the next, I disapprove of audits unless they're self-audits. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have so many opinions. There is a place for audits and there is a place for an outside audit. But it's not where we begin, and we certainly don't use it as a sustaining tool unless there is a lot of richness already. And the outside audit is expressing uh, an outside um, criteria-based perspective that adds to our scholarship, that adds to our interest, that adds to our ap- appetite because we're already doing something that we love and we just want to get better, t- better at it. So we're going to use the five steps of 5S, translate them as you wish, and I'm going to add a plus one. I used to call our approach to 5S, 5S plus one. Now I call it 5S on steroids just to be more uh, modern, but 5S plus one. So I'm talking about the plus one piece, and that's going to be sustain. You know, there's nothing that difficult about 5S, you would think. It seems to be a straightforward process. We follow a few simple steps until only needed items remain in the workplace and they are clean and safe and they are in their home locations. This isn't rocket science. And as a result, less and less time is being spent searching and wondering and wandering and waiting. Micro-supervision is beginning to disappear as the workplace becomes more self-explaining every day and as a result, more self-regulating. So that's the basic uh, description of the destination in 5S on the outside, on the kind of physical, tangible side. Then our challenge becomes how can we continue and turn these practices and the outcomes attached to them into a habit. Turning and I call it visual order, the visual wear. Turning visual order into a habit is precisely the purpose of the plus one, the sustainment. And it is the glue that holds the other five practices together and makes them greater than their individual elements that makes them a sum, makes them synergistic. 
So I have a list of nine sustaining tools that are there because they inspire, they focus, they monitor, and they motivate. They motivate associates. They motivate mon- managers to get and stay involved, supervisors as well. It's a technology these tools that I'm going to be talking to you about, a technology that helps people get participative, helps them participate in a process of change. We recently talked about that people, it isn't that people don't like change, they don't like uncertainty. And these tools are, uh, they have a double benefit because they not only make a system of sustainment, but they also define the landscape and make people feel simply safer psychologically and to some extent physically in the process of change. So this set of tools came when I first devised them back in the 1990s from about 15 years of watching companies succeed and fail in their improvement efforts and sometimes on my watch. You have the option of not adopting them or not, you know, just turning the dial right now in the belief that your workforce has what it takes to keep on the true and the steady. And if you choose that option, don't be surprised if your gains, and they will be initial gains, evaporate, sometimes within three months, six months if you're lucky, and the workplace will return to its previous condition. We've seen this everywhere in your own company and in other companies. The water closes over the process, in this case 5S, joins the legions of other improvement efforts that once burned brightly and then vanished. So these are really very important tools. And in fact, in my new thinking, they're actually principles. They're principles. They hold very core principles of continuing. Okay. So we're not going to fault our associates or value-add associates, hardworking employees for being sluggish or disinterested. Instead, we have to look at the system that supports them. If the system isn't there, they will fail. If the system is weak, they will fail. The associates are doing the work, and they're doing the work of improvement as well. So here's a summary of nine sustaining tools, and when we finish this list, I want to add a couple of things because of some, um, some other um, shows that we've done together so that you can see how things fit. Here are the nine tools. The Visual Workplace Code of Conduct, and I'll be unnesting all of these in much more detail than just this skim right now. The Visual Workplace Code of Conduct, these are the standards of conduct that spell out the values and behavior needed, and behaviors, excuse me, the values and behaviors needed from the outset to create an environment favorable to achieving a visual workplace, favorable to change, favorable to continuing to a sustained change. So that's our first one, visual workplace code of conduct, and I'll walk through those. We're going to get to that today. The second is the 5S corner or the visual workplace corner. These are supplies that individuals and teams need at hand and handy to rapidly create and implement their own visual solutions without going through gates, taking some time, some of their own time, improvement time, we hope, and working out the solution. There, I have got my supplies. The third of the nine sustaining tools is the 5S checklist. This is a checklist that is developed 
by area associates listing specific tasks that need to be done on a regular basis so that visual order is maintained, but not just maintained, also grows. And much, much more about that uh, in our next show, probably our next show. But you know what? The thing is, if your checklist is not also reconfiguring the horizon so that you're reaching for deeper visuality, you're reaching for more improvement, not just moving the pallets from behind the CNC back to where they belong. That's not improvement. That's maintenance. Then you've got something that is boring. It's boring. It's vanilla. And we need Sherry Garcia. Okay? We want to stimulate the heart, the imagination. We want to make it exciting. We need, you know... The weird factor. It's really important. Hand in hand with that checklist is the 5S Patrol. That's sustaining tool number four. And it is a way to activate the checklist. It's a small rotating team of area associates who are charged with conducting the 5S checklist and sharing the results. And there's a particular protocol. And this is something that I did in the 80s and 90s. And it works beautifully. The ownership is so deep. Number five in the sustaining tools is the visual workplace steering team. We will probably spend a whole show on that one. It's a group of area volunteers who are charged with monitoring and reporting back on the implementation and how it's going. I call it the word on the street. Very, very powerful. Number six, that was number five. Number six, visual mini systems. A mini system is a cluster of visual devices that work together to promote a specific performance outcome, like a school bus. So many, so many visual devices on a school bus. What's eight, 10, 20? And they're all focused on a single outcome. And that is to make sure our kids get to school in one piece and get home in one piece to keep them safe. But mini systems are a way to drive deeper and deeper and deeper. You're very important. Number seven in our nine sustaining tools, the visual workplace coordinator, the person who is responsible for providing the logistical, the administrative, and to some extent the visionary support to an implementation and coordinating its various activities. Number eight sustaining tool, the management champion. This is a ranking side executive, high credibility, who's responsible for resourcing the change, but also visibly supporting the process. And we're going to ask him or her to do that by providing, amongst other things, management feedback. And we call that mechanism, which is our sustaining tool number nine, the management walk or the management watch. It's regularly scheduled. It's a time slot when managers, the champion, tours the facility and visibly and concretely recognizes and influences the effort, the direction of the effort through the use of something that I call watch cards. We'll talk about this. And as I describe it, I assure you, you will be able to turn that tool, if it appeals to you, into something you use yourself for your own implementation efforts. We're looking at Dory number one, so we're on the value add level. And, you know, this is an anchor point for the entire culture, enterprise culture, we're beginning to understand not only do we need to recognize that value-add associates are a valuable resource, 
It isn't enough just to recognize it or to say it. We have to make it tangible, make it real. We have to operationalize it. The four other tools that I'm going to add to that, and you've heard about three, at least three of them before in our discussion, is the vision place, that place out in the community that you name before you have a vision place, a visuality inside your company, and how important that is to keep people going, especially at the early stages. So that would be tool number 10, if you will. We're expanding the list a bit. The laminated map, which we've talked about I think back in January or December, as a planning tool. But it is also a tool that you can use to drive. And we'll get to that as well. The hit list, the visual workplace hit list, which helps value-add associates focus on targets that they can address through visual solutions. And then finally, the visual workplace blitz, a visual blitz, And we'll go into that, although we've touched upon it. I want you to kind of understand this array as a synergy of elements or tools working together. You can have many, many other components, endless components, but these I consider to be um, important enough for you to consider, especially if you don't have anything like it currently in your toolbox. These can grow gradually. Some of them are tangible. Some of them are role descriptions and behaviors that go with them. But I think it's very interesting to look at the question of sustainment as not something that you absorb, observe, but something that you create. You actually cultivate sustainment as you would cultivate the field of corn. There's a difference between a tractor and a corn seed, but both of them are indispensable. So we're sliding into another break. Here we go. And I'll be here when you get back, and I hope you find this interesting. I do. See you in a minute. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. Today we're talking about sustainment, the tools in the heart, how to keep going, how to keep growing, how to go deeper, how to make sure that your hard work pays off by leaving a legacy, an inheritance of goodness and of operational excellence in the form of tools and in the form of values, in the form of principles. I just went over just before the break the nine sustaining tools which grew into the 14 sustaining tools because I've added some over the last 10 years or so. And now what we're going to do is, and and just very quickly, once again, just their titles, Visual Workplace Code of Conduct, the 5S Corner, the 5S Checklist, 5S Patrol, Visual Workplace Steering Team, that's number five, number six, Visual Mini Systems, number seven, Visual Workplace Coordinator, number eight, management champion, number ta- number nine, the management watch, and hand-in-hand hand with that, the management watch cards. And then your vision place, your laminated map, your visual workplace hit list, and your visual workplace blitz. They all run along different lines of function, but as I said a moment ago, they're a synergy. They are a network of um, application and tangible leverage. So we're going to begin, we're going to look at our first tool, which is the Visual Workplace Code of Conduct. Some of these things that I'm about to say you may already know, but perhaps I put them together in a way that will make them slightly more useful or more relevant. So what we're looking at in this Code of Conduct is an expression of standards of behavior, Ways that we will behave that spell out, that capture and spell out the values and practices needed from the outset to create an environment favorable to achieving a visual workplace and letting it grow. Values govern behavior. They represent what we prize, what we hold as true, what we believe about ourselves and about others. My definition of culture which you probably know by now, is culture is who I think I am and who I think you are. Who I think I am and who I think you are. And a culture is aligned when I know that I am you. Anybody in the organization can turn to the other person and know in their heart and their mind, I am you. You could call this unity, but it's something that is beyond tolerance. It's a recognition of who we are on the inside. So values govern behavior. Values underlie every decision we make and action we take, even if we cannot say exactly what those values are. Nevertheless, they guide us and they reflect us. People can tell a lot about what you value by what you, by the way you respond to everyday life. They can tell a lot about the way you value by the way you respond to what happens. In implementing visuality, in this case, 
We're looking at visual order, but we could look at any continuous improvement process. We are asked to interact with dozens and dozens of people and systems, and sometimes we are at a loss on how do we respond. How do I handle this? What should I say? What should I do? What shouldn't I do? Yikes. So this code of conduct that we've set forth has seven elements or standards of conduct that will help that are meant to help us align our choices with the values, okay, with the values that support sustained visuality or sustained continuous improvement. This code of conduct is designed to help us decide how to respond. When we're at a loss, (laughs) one or all seven of these standards, of these elements, you could call them principles, but they're not exactly that will appear on our screen and we'll say, oh, yeah, I know what to do because I'm guided by this value, this standard of conduct. Okay? So the first one is, remember the first S is for spirit. <laughs> this in particular is for 5S. And do you remember the story of Charlie's table way back when? Charlie and he wanted to keep his rickety-rackety table and everybody else wanted to throw it out. And when he wasn't looking on one Friday afternoon, Ondine and I think it was Harriet, might have been Geraldine, and Yago decided to throw out the table and replace it with a beautiful a stainless steel one. And they did other things to make Charlie's area gorgeous, renew it, make it visual. Charlie came in on Monday, and all you got out of Charlie, who was a man who did not speak, in fact, the only word he n- knew we thought, was no, 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 no. He exuded no. Mm? But he wasn't on on that Monday morning. Instead, he exuded a scream at the top of his lungs. And when you listen closely to it, very closely, you could make out the words. And the words were, I want my table back. I want my table back. Charlie was an excellent contributor His work was impeccable. That's why he could get away with being so grumpy. But what the people who, in their best intentions, tried to make Charlie's area better in their view, what they didn't realize is that all of Charlie's speeds and feeds were etched into the table. He had written them there. And so when the table got thrown out, his performance got thrown out. He was screaming not because he was angry, but because he was empty. He didn't have his speeds and feeds. How could he perform? But, of course, he was also violated. So when that happened, and the steering team, because this was a steering team action, he said, uh, they said, what do we do? What do we do? How can we make this better, Gwenny? And I said, you can't. And then that's when I realized that the five S, that the first S was not for sort through and sort out. The first S is for spirit. The spirit of the workplace, the spirit inside of you, the spirit inside of me, and inside of that disreputable person, Charlie. Hmm? And if you don't like to use the word spirit because you think it's too weird, you can say the first S is for respect. People will think you're illiterate, but you can still say that. It's a way of making respect more immediate. The first S is for spirit, and that is our first of the seven standards of conduct in our visual workplace code of conduct. So everybody learns that right away. Second standard is 
ask first, then listen. Ask first, then listen. It's as simple as that. It's behavioral. The third is get permission. I know you'll know what, what, where this is coming from. Get permission before moving or removing items in the area of another. Get permission before moving or removing items in the area of another. Number four, resist responding to conflict with a vote. This is one of the hallmarks of a culture that still needs to grow, where when we don't get our own way, we vote instead. Resist responding to conflict with a vote. Either give up the battle and say, why don't we do it your way? This isn't worth fighting about. And you know what? I'm interested. That's one way you can do something instead of voting. We'll do it your way. It's fine. Or work for true consensus. And that is standard number five. Work for true consensus in the face of conflict. I'll say more about that in a moment. And the seventh is something that's particular to I'm sorry, number six, I beg your pardon, that was number five, work for true consensus in the face of conflict. And number six is influence positive direction by doing your own work. Model. Model the behavior you want. Influence positive direction by modeling the behavior you want. Doing it yourself. Letting others see. And appreciate. That's number six. And number seven, the last one is Remember to use the strengths of the steering team. And that particular one has to do with 5S very specifically. But remember to use the strengths of the steering team, which you're going to learn more about over these next few shows, means remember, you have friends in places that can influence directions that you maybe can't reach on your own. Okay? Because the steering team, again, you may remember this, is one of the legs on the three-legged stool. The first leg is the management champion. The second leg is the work visual workplace coordinator. And the third le- leg is steering team. Okay. But can you see how these values can help you implement and help others get involved? For example, let's look at the story. We, we talked about Charlie. Let's talk. Let's... Um, I want to say a few more things about the the Charlie story. In that case, standard three, get permission before you remove anything, was completely ignored. And as a result, some people lost interest in the implementation because they saw what happened to Charlie. They saw his table disappear. They saw his space violated. They saw that this was not going to be a different Roll out. This was going to be the same as always. It was going to be command and control. Somebody's thumb on my head. Standard four, voting. Resist voting is a reminder for us to avoid polarizing a group with a vote because that's what happens. And you'll see it right away in 5S if you use the three-tag process as a voting machine. The way that we do it is... If an item has eight red tags and one green tag, green means stay, red means go, the item stays. The majority does not rule. The majority does not rule because of standard number one, the first S is for spirit. 
So we have to not push our weight around and run over someone else's spirit with our tank of voting. We don't use it to vote. We use it to see. We use it to see preferences. We use it not as a demand that that be removed, but I see that eight of us prefer for this to be removed and one person prefers for it to stay. And so you know what? It stays. What's the big deal? As long as it's going to be clean and safe and you're going to put a border on it and a home address, it stays. If you make a battle out of it, it's simply the beginning of battles. So the coding, this code, provides us with practical guidance in many real-life situations that face both me as a trainer and coach, but also value-add associates as they begin to negotiate. Somebody will not get it, of course not. But the rest of us hold the line of that truth. We hold the line of those values. And slowly, slowly, there's a kind of migration of consciousness. Okay? So when we come back, I just want to say a few things about uh, true consensus and also about modeling. And then we'll see if we can get to the 5S corner today. I hope you're finding this useful. It's a very kind of detailed discussion. We're looking at the, you know, particular scent of the cognac that has been cultivated now, has been in the, t- in the uh, casks for decades. Now we're kind of whiffing it and trying to find out what, what are all the flavors in it. And I hope this is useful. Thank you. We'll see you in a moment. Thanks. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and is the co-founder of BR Public Relations, who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to The Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. You 
You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. We're in the last part of our show today. The show is on sustainment, the tools and the heart, part one. We're going to have lots of parts of this. And uh, right now what we're focusing on is the first of nine or, if you will, 14 sustainment tools. It has to do with a, a code of conduct, a set of values that trigger behaviors that are in alignment with the higher outcomes of these improvement processes. Higher outcomes meaning that we are not just putting in a business benefit. We are not just changing processes, but we're changing ourselves in the process. We're becoming better people. And the workplace is our laboratory. The workplace is our Petri dish. The workplace is where we feel the pressure to change along lines that we probably could never get to ourselves. There's a lot to be said about that. So we just finished talking about the first, um, the first set that values govern behavior, and we were talking about Charlie, and we were talking about not using uh, red tagging for voting, but using it for demonstrating preferences. Now let's look at this idea of true consensus. You don't use consensus, which is a lengthy process, to decide what to order on your pizza. Getting a group pizza, you just decide. And you know what? Whoever shouts the loudest gets the pizza they want. What's the big deal? If I don't like the anchovies and I don't, I'm going to take them off. As long as there's cheese and tomato and a good crust, I'm happy with the pizza. (laughs) Okay. Because, you know, one of life's everyday challenges is knowing when to push, when to pull, and when to hold still. I think there's a country and western song about that. That's, you know, it's no when to, no when to. And this standard, the one about consensus, suggests that we work for consensus, true consensus, in the face of complex conflict. We work for it when we really do need to sort out differences, and they're usually differences of perception and differences of values, differences of belief. In other words, they have to do with the social fabric, the emotional fabric of ourselves and the people we work with. So you have to work out consensus. Sometimes you're working out a consensus that's related to a layout, but it's charged. People feel a sense of rightness. And there's also with that a sense of judgment about those who are not right. So it's complicated. It's sticky. What exactly does true consensus mean? And how is it different from the other kind of consensus? Well, you know what the other kind of consensus is? It's when we believe that reaching consensus means either getting your own way by getting the other person to say yes or caving in and going along with others against your better judgment just to get it over with. That's wrong. Neither one of those is consensus. That's just politics as usual, the dominance hierarchy. 
True consensus requires two things of us. First, it requires an active search for disagreement. That means we make special efforts to find out what the objections of the other people are. We dig out those differences and we surface the opposition in detail. Only when these are known, I know what's bugging you, you know what's bugging me, I see your point of view and you see mine. Only when these are known understood and appreciated, can we move on to the second requirement of consensus, of true consensus, and that is to find areas of agreement until there is enough agreement to move forward together, until there is enough agreement. So that doesn't mean collapsing into another person's point of view. It does mean hold your own, but how much can you give without giving up your own? So we look for common ground. If you were to put it in a single sentence, true consensus as I'm defining it is this, the active search for disagreement until enough agreement is reached for us to move forward together. It's beautiful, isn't it? We don't have to give up ourselves, but we also don't have to sacrifice the other. We find the way. And as I said before, you need to know when this is needed. And you need to not overuse it. You need to not seek agreement on every single stinking thing. You need to know what is the right size for the consensus process. Otherwise, people will start hating consensus for the wrong reason. It'll just be a drag, for goodness sakes. You know, it's like going to the movies. Can we just go to the movies? I want to see something that moves. And if we go to the movies and I don't like your movie, I'll go to another movie. I hope that's legal. I do that a lot. I hate this movie. I'm going to go next door. And I have my 3D glasses with me. Oh, no. I sound like a criminal. (laughs) I like the movies. I shouldn't have said that. I'm so sorry. Please, officer, don't arrest me. So let's talk a moment about modeling. Modeling, that's standard six. If you are listening to the show, you're probably a rower. You're probably somebody who believes in the power of continuous improvement, and you would like to see it rooted more deeply in your company. That's probably you. Okay? So, you can influence positive direction by simply modeling that. This is, this is especially for you. There is one word that captures the intent, and that's this modeling thing. Modeling refers to the decision to help people do the right thing by doing it ourselves. You demonstrate through your own behavior the behavior you want others to adopt. No matter what others are doing around you, you stay the course. In the face of resistance, inertia, and the halting process of consensus, you elect to do what you know is right and good. This is the code. And these people lead through their own example. Sometimes they do it quietly. Sometimes they do it with great force. But they keep true. They keep true to the process by keeping true to themselves. They do not let the choices of others cancel out their choice. They do their own thing. And they respect the right of others to do the same. They respect the spirit inside of each of us and the spirit of the workplace. And that is what we're talking about with modeling. It's very, very powerful. So let's just operationalize this in the, in the last few moments of the show. So how do you use this code of conduct? Well, 
in your implementation. What we do is we show it early. We say this is the code of conduct. This is what we believe, the, the set of values that will make this implementation, which you have deep reservations about, work. And even though you may not want to engage in it, there will be people around you who will. They will model this behavior. And we hope that you will see the sense of it by seeing the impact of that, the impact of what others do who do hold to these beliefs. These beliefs. And what I say in the front of the room is I will do my very best to model them as well. But I, like some people in the room, are still learning how to do this. I'm still learning how to be a bigger person. I'm still learning how to keep my mouth shut. I'm still learning how to not judge. I'm still learning how to trust. I'm still learning to be a nice person. (laughs) And I am. I am. So I can say that sincerely and believe me, that authenticity has gotten me far because people say, you know, she's a schnook like me (laughs) and I am. And we use it at the beginning and then we refer to it. We refer to it as you would saying, hey, remember, we're going to try to listen to ask first and then listen. Remember, we're going to ask permission before wiping out or cleaning out somebody else's desk drawer. And you use it in a very personal way. And you just keep revisiting it again and again and again. And it makes the implementation safe for humans. It allows people then to learn to be themselves and to first tolerate other people being themselves as well. And you begin to build this subtle cultural permission for us to change and for us to be greater. Greater than we are at the beginning of the journey. To change the process and change ourselves in the process. Operationalize it. Find a way to use it. Try it out with one group. Hey, can you help me? I just want to see if these help us have a better outcome and have a better journey as well. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I had a wonderful time with you today. We have many shows on sustainment. I am just a slowpoke. I hope you find this useful. I hope that you listen. And I want to thank you very much for doing that. And I'm signing off. I'll see you the next time. This is Gwendolyn. Bye. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.